I'm Braylee, and you're listening to Blooming Beyond Borders, where you can get your weekly dose of personal growth inspiration. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Blooming Beyond Borders. Today, we're talking about internalized capitalism. I posted a poll on the podcast Instagram a few weeks ago asking about some various various subjects. One of them was a question which is just uh, do you do you know what internalized capitalism is? And about half of the people knew and half of the people didn't know. And so this is such a broad topic that is so I mean we could we could dissect it as much as we possibly could and like be talking about this for weeks and months and possibly years because this is something in a lot of ways in most in most ways this is a subconscious like epidemic this is a secret (laughs) this is a secret disease that I I didn't even have a name for until recently And, and this is exactly why I'm making this episode because I think a lot of us, when, when I'm, when I'm going to be talking about this, I think a lot of us will be able to relate to it and, and feel like, oh, that's what I've been doing for so long, but I didn't know that it was called something. I didn't really even know that it was, you know, possibly an unhealthy reaction to the society that, that I've grown up in. So even though half of the people knew what it was and half of the people didn't, I think that it's such an important conversation to start having that I wanted to make an entire episode about it as soon as I could. So I have been doing some research, doing some thinking, and I could, like I said, I, I could do this for weeks and weeks and still have so, so many more aspects to search and learn about this, this kind of disease, honestly. Um, but I figured it would be, it's, it's good to start this now. So first of all, I just wanted to, to, to talk about like why, why this, this started to interest me, just to um, pique my interest. And, and one of the things is during this COVID pandemic, I was noticing so many, I guess we could call, yeah, influencers, um, YouTubers, and then, and then later I think from that it's like seeping into just all of us. Um, but basically this mentality of, okay, let's say we lost our jobs or we couldn't work or we couldn't go to school or whatever, so we're stuck at home. And so many people were then shifting it to this this new kind of goal, this new thing that was like, well, you need to make your time at home as productive as humanly possible. Like, take this time to work on yourself. Like, I am very supportive of learning new things and like doing doing healthier activities and making the best out of a really, really fucking shitty situation. Totally, totally supportive of that. But there comes a point where you're like, you're like, we're in a pandemic. I'm depressed. And 
and and all that I feel that I should be doing is is bettering myself, bettering the world. I need to be doing something productive. And so anyway, this got me thinking because I totally became um, I, I was in that. I, I started I started running, I started creating as much art as I possibly could because I was like, well, I'm not doing anything, quote unquote, not doing anything. So I need to, you know, do something that's that's producing um, an object or a better feeling or whatever it may be. So I took part in a 21-day meditation challenge and then I created a, created my own challenge for people, did a bunch of art, started running, did a started a workout program and while while I'm, I'm really proud of myself for those things, um, I also have to recognize that it was because I was putting pressure on myself. And it was, it got to a point where I felt, and this is up until a few weeks ago, you know, and it still happens, is that on a day, let's say, I did a workout the day before, I was really active, I did a bunch of stuff, and then I wake, I wake up the next day and I'm exhausted and I feel like, you know, depressed. I'm like, because in, in France, we're, we're in another quarantine. So we have a 7 p.m. curfew and we can't go um, past a 10K radius. I don't have a car. So it's like instead of acknowledging that and being like, okay, well, today you feel like shit, just like do things to take care of yourself. Let yourself relax. Let yourself, and this is your body, your mind, emotionally, just let yourself relax. And it was just so difficult for me to do that. And I have my friend Turia, and we were chatting about this, and she sent me this post about internalized capitalism. And I'm going to read it to you. And so it says, internalized capitalism looks like feeling guilty for resting, your self-worth is largely based on doing well in your career, placing productivity before health, believing that hard work equals happiness, feeling lazy even when you're experiencing pain, trauma, or adversity, and using busyness as a way to avoid your needs. So I read this and was like, holy shit, this is what's happening to me. This is what has been happening to me, and this is what is happening to almost every single person that I know. So that's a little background story of, of why I became so interested in learning about this because, yeah, I mean, I mean everything on that list, it's, it's, it rang true to me. And um, so, so what I'm going to do, it's going to be structured, this, this episode is going to be structured similarly to the one I did on intimacy on the last episode. So... I've used basically three main questions to try and get to the bottom of this. And the first one is, what is it? Second one, how does this happen? And the third one, is there a way to recover or reverse the effects of this internalized capitalism? So we're going to go into the first part, which is the what. So we want to understand what this, this really, really means and what it looks like. So in order to understand what internalized capitalism is, we have to kind of look at the definition of what actual capitalism is. Please be aware that I am totally not 
I don't know a lot about economic philosophies or societies. I, I'm, I really am never going to claim to. But just like know that when I'm talking about capitalism, I'm talking about it in a way that is, that is um, directly related to internalized capitalism, which means I'm interested in the effects it has on the human brain, on the human emotion, on the human condition. So psychologically and emotionally, that's why I'm interested in this definition of capitalism. So what I've, you know, there are, there's the very technical definitions of capitalism, but I've taken them and basically it's, it's just talking about a free market economy that's based on supply and demand. So everybody, you can, you can privately own businesses, you're in charge of your, of your production, and, you know, the main, the main purpose is profit. So generally, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about capitalism. And so when we're talking about internalized capitalism, Obviously, you're internalizing capitalism, but when you look into it, it's basically we are subconsciously absorbing this kind of this societal definition of capitalism that is meant for the economy, and we're bringing it into our homes and our hearts, and and this is this is creating this mentality where our self worth is directly related to our productivity. So what happens from this is we can lose our sense of identity. Like we, we define ourselves by what we do to, to make money, which is like, I am a waiter. I am a banker, a businessman, a chef, an artist. Like your, your identity is how you make money. And this is what we put out into the world. And there's a French philosopher that um, I was talking to my, my, my friend's partner, and he was telling me about this kind of philosophy of being. So the philosopher is um, Sartre, Sartre, I think, how you say it in French. Um, and basically, he's, he's just talking about, like, how we kind of, let's say, and, and he used this example when he was explaining it to me, which is a waiter serving a customer, right? So as he is working, when he puts on his, his apron, his, his, his uniform, and he's going to the table and he's asking them what they want, he is now the waiter, and they are now the customer. They lose their other part they, they lose their identity completely. It's, compl it's, it's 100% wrapped up into what they're doing in that moment, which I'm not necessarily saying that's a terrible thing or an awesome thing. It's just, you just, this is a way of looking at it. So basically it's supporting this idea that what we do is who we are. So when we internalize capitalism, it can look like this. So I'm going to give a, f a few examples and maybe you can relate to these, maybe you can't, but these are some really kind of general examples that really explain what can happen to people very well. So the first one I was thinking about is, and, and also side note, when I'm speaking about um, internalized capitalism, I am mostly speaking from experience, which is, you know, I'm an American that grew up in um, 
in the United States of America, which is a very, <laughs> which is like the capitalist country. But we can also safely assume that it is similar in the United Kingdom, in Australia, in New Zealand, and, and now more so um, in, in recent years, in the past decade, in, the, in European countries. So for example, France is moving now towards a, a more capitalist way of way of um their yeah their economy and stuff so end of side note so an example that that rings so true to me is starting at about age i mean probably way before the age of 14 15 but certainly by the age of 15 we start getting getting pressured about our high school resume looking good so that we can get into the best college and like you know you <laughs> it's just so crazy honestly when I was thinking about this because you want to have you know as good a grades as, as possible so you want straight A's that's the that's the that's the goal to have straight A's but you don't want to be just a bookworm you want to be you want to have extracurriculars like you want to have a creative side of you and an athletic side of you and you want to just be this completely well-balanced, genuine kid so that you can get into the best college. And this is like what they, they are like training us for when we're in high school. And they, talk, they talked so much about how to build our, our, our resume so that our application stood out. And then I was thinking about, okay, well, why is that? And... And basically, behind everything is, okay, you want to get into the best college so that then you can get the degree and make the most money. So we're being told that, um, you know, they, they, and they always say, like, choose what you are passionate about. But most of the time, like, we're, we're very pressured to decide to choose the thing that's going to make us the most money. And my, my personal example is, and this is nothing against my, my dad, but... I remember like being in high school and I always wanted to be an actress. It was my, my dream since I was like six years old. I always wanted to go to college for theater and that was going to be my life. And I remember my dad telling me like more than once, like you should be a, a, a journalist because it's more realistic. You're a good writer. So that's more of like, you know, that's, that's a more educational part of it. And you're also good at acting and like being on TV would be really great for you. So you're combining both things in a more realistic way. And you make a lot of money. You don't have to be a starving artist. And while I understand that, that parents that do that, which is like most, I mean, I, I know so many of my friends in, in high school who had parents that were way, 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 way more um, full of, expectation and and pressuring them um to go into like being a lawyer or being a banker or whatever um than mine did so I'm you know I'm grateful that that's kind of the extent of the pressure that happened with me but I know so many kids that had that and like I understand that the it's coming out of love you know that's what in our society we we want our 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 kids, like the parents want their kids to be successful. And so um, in a minute, I'm going to talk about what that, what that really means and what, what that does to kids. Um, 
But before I do that, another example is, um, so like after you go to college, you get your degree, you're making money, you, you know, you probably like pulled so many all-nighters to study for your tests and like took out thousands and thousands of dollars in loans, but it's okay because one day you're going to have enough money and you're going to pay them off, you know, that's the point. Um, but then you get, you get this job and you're, you're making, I don't know, three to five times at least the amount of money that you need to actually survive. So you're totally fine financially, but you just want to make more. So you want to keep moving up and moving up and moving up, but you're never really satisfied because you're always looking forward. You're always wanting to make more money and have more power, more authority. But the main point is you want to be seen as successful. And so it's like, you know, maybe, maybe you are moving up on the, on the career ladder, but what are you sacrificing? So maybe in this instance, you're getting everything that you, you know, you're working towards, but you're going through a nasty divorce because of a lot of different reasons, but I think a lot of them could be not having enough time or not making enough time to spend with your partner. Maybe, you know, you're getting home too late to not tuck your kids into bed. Um, you're not staying present with them. You don't have energy to like go to the doctors or walk and exercise and eat, eat healthy food. So basically you, in this example, which is just an example of, I mean, I mean, can't you think of of so many people that, that this has happened to. So they're sacrificing their own personal happiness for moving up and making more and more money, but um, they're fucking miserable. So those are like the main, those, some examples of what can happen. And so um, I, I, I want to talk about how this happens and yeah, what, what encourages toxic and internalized capitalism. So when you think about your school, and, and, and I think it can start way before you even go to school, like from, from, the, from the beginning of, you know, when you come out of your mom's womb, this is probably happening in capitalist societies. Um, teachers and parents are like, when they achieve something that is related to productivity or numbers, they're praising their kids. And so we all know about this gold star system. And basically it's like when you, when you quote unquote succeed, when you win something. So if you're the best at something, if you, if you win the spelling contest, if you get straight A's, if you're, if you're producing the results that your parents want you to produce, you get a prize. So whether it's, you know, you get to pick, pick your favorite restaurant and we go out, or I give you 50 bucks every time you get you know, every A you get, you know, you get 10 bucks or something, which I know a lot of parents that did this and, and it's an incentive. And I think, you know, that's how they're thinking of it. Like we're just encouraging our kids to, to do the best that they can. But, but really what is happening is they're, they're bribing, they're bribing their kids. And what that does is that tells my little kid brain that when I do something that produces results it doesn't and and we're we're ignoring you know the time the energy the the 
the things that we sacrifice for, for those results. Like we're not thinking about that. The only thing that we are aware of as kids is that when we produce those things, the, the results that our parents want, our parents are nicer to us. We, we get what we want when we give them what they want. And it can, you know, that can work sometimes, you know, in some ways. And I think positive reinforcement is something that, that can be a really um, helpful tool when parenting, and I'm totally not a parent, so just be aware that I'm speaking of like being a kid and being parented and then seeing other people parent their kids. Um, you know, so positive and positive reinforcement can be really good, but there's a point where it becomes super fucked up. And, and this no pain, no gain mentality is really, really detrimental to a kid's brain. And it's like this no pain, no gain thing is, is saying if you're not in some sort of pain, then you're not doing enough. And even if now as adults we logically know that that isn't true, it is so deeply ingrained in our systems that we continuously choose to be in pain rather than stop and take care of ourselves. And, and, and again, when I'm saying this, I bet that you can think of people, whether it's yourselves or friends or family, that do this. And they think that if, if they're not in some, if they're not sacrificing some part of themselves for, for their careers or for their partners or, or whatever it may be, then they're not, they're not doing enough. They're not successful. So another thing um, that, you know, it's related to this, but it, this happens, I think, more when you're getting older so let's say, let's use that example of that person before who, who is going through a divorce right now, is very depressed, but they're doing really, really well in their career. And so they just got a promotion, they got a raise, and that's what they tell their parents. Um, and so their parents are obviously very proud of them. But they don't, they don't know, or maybe they're, they're even in denial about what their kid is sacrificing in order to have, this, to have, have gotten this promotion. So like, maybe this kid, who's not a kid anymore, is an adult, but in ways like, in situations like this, you kind of revert back to being a kid, right? Because you want your parents' approval. You want, you want that reinforcement again. You want that 50 bucks for your straight A's, you know? You're ex that's what you're expecting. That's what you're seeking now. You're seeking admiration and ignoring all the things that you're sacrificing so basically, then, then let's say your dad says, oh my God, your, your grandfather would be so proud of you right now. And so again, you're getting that, 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 ta that um, pat on the back, that, you know, those verbal, <laughs> those verbal like things attaching love with, with money. You're attaching money and success to love. You're directly relating it and like making it like love is the, Love and admiration is the prize for all of the shit you're sacrificing. And then carry it a little further with that. And you see that businesses, they use this 
as a tool to make you feel like you're really valued and appreciated. They use this, like all of our staff were like a family, you know, like, and they do things together. And while I think that there are totally exceptions to this, to this general thing I'm about to say, I understand there are exceptions, but you have to understand that when you are, when you're, when you're, employers are making it seem like you're super valued and appreciated but at the same time they're like if if they fire you or if you leave you are almost immediately replaced and we're kind of ignoring that the main point of a company is is to make money it's it's about success and it's about profit it's about numbers and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but the bad thing is is kind of brainwashing the employees into thinking that they're more than just a tool for that to make that profit. They're, you know, parts of a machine that are working all together to make this this a profitable business. And so it's it's that's that's a part that's really troublesome to me because they're they're doing that same thing. They're equating like love, community, appreciation with, with the amount of productivity you give them. So basically, using, using those examples and kind of the, the, the things that trigger this internalized capitalism, I feel like the main thing that is is important to get across for me because i'm i'm more interested in in how to recover from this and how to how to be able to acknowledge this um i have there are these questions that are really easy to answer they're or <laughs> maybe not easy to answer but easy to ask because they're quick and you can just do it right as i'm right as i'm um reading them out loud but I want you to really think about these questions and if you want to, you can grab a journal. And this is kind of gonna be a quick way to understand if maybe you have this going on inside of you. So the first question is, when I'm off work, am I still thinking about work? When I'm resting, do I feel guilty? Even just a little bit guilty. Do I have a hard time staying present? And do I find it hard to step away from work? So those are just a few questions to get your brain, to get your brain going on this. And, and, I, and now I want to talk about like why I think this is so detrimental to, to human beings. And I think it's pretty obvious that for me, personal growth, because this is, <laughs> this is a personal growth podcast, and the thing about working hard is that it's a really great thing. You, can't, you cannot experience growth without working hard on whatever it may be. It's, it's amazing to have goals. It's amazing to be able to make enough money to support yourself and your family. It's amazing to be able to buy some extra stuff, you know, like it, it can be really empowering. And, and we're not even just talking about work as a, as a career. We're talking about taking 
taking actions to produce something. So that can be with your mental health, with creativity, with a career, anything. So I'm not, I'm not against working, you know, and, and we all need to make money. We have to buy, buy, buy food and, and pay for our rent and all these things. And those are, those are real life issues that we cannot ignore. But we have to understand the difference between working hard and working too hard. Because the reason why this, this, this capitalistic idea seeps into us is because we're, we're scared. Because in, in a capitalistic society, it's all about supply and demand. And if you don't have, you know, if you don't have the demand, then, then you're fucked you know? And so it's about money. It's about profit. It's about production. And the two driving forces of this internalized capitalism are ego and the inner critic, which to me, when you, when you talk about ego and the inner critic, that just means fear. It's about fear. It's about like a society who instills fear about being poor, about losing their job, about not being successful enough, like being a loser, you know, like all these things, they instill this fear in us. So we keep going and going and producing and producing and, and sacrificing our own happiness so that we can be quote unquote successful. And, and this is the thing is that it's society that creates this definition of success, right? Like, because for me, when I really sit down and think about what does a successful life look like to me, it doesn't have anything to do with the actual amount of money I make. It has to do with who I'm spending time with, what I'm doing with, with my days, with my time. Like, do I, do I feel satisfied with the, with the food I'm eating? Like, am I, am I making, am I making friends with, with healthy, positive people? Am I, am I just like living a life for my job or for money or am I living a life for, for joy, for experiencing joy. And that is why this internalized capitalism is so, it's so messed up because it has, it has like brainwashed an entire, entire world to think that what we produce is related to how good of, how good of a person we are. If you're sacrificing your happiness for money, what is the actual point? So, okay, in 20 years, you can have enough money to buy your dream house, but what about all the time that you missed? Spending time with your family or meeting new friends or like learning a new skill, learning how to, how to plant your own vegetables or, or hiking that trail that you always wanted to hike and you keep saying, oh, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. In five years, five years, I'll have more time or like, I just have to work for 20 more years and then I'll be retired and then I can do whatever I want or, you know, whatever it may be. We're always saying like, not, not right now, not yet, not yet, later, later, I can't do it right now. But my question is like, why the fuck not? <laughs> you know, like, obviously you, we, you need to have, you need to have a job. You need to spend your time mostly in a productive way, but that does not mean that resting 
or taking time for yourself or taking time for your loved ones means that you are are not being productive. So so now I want to talk about the question of is there a way to recover? Can we can we reverse this internalized capitalism? So I'm going to give you some actions and some questions to ask yourself because basically from what I've read there, there really is no way to actually recover from internalized capitalism because the, it's done, you know, like we are, we are conditioned. And I know that sounds really sad and negative, but it's true. And the only thing that could ever make that happen is if there was a complete, like, humongous anti-capitalism revolution and we created an entirely new society and those people born in that new society you know grew up and and they wouldn't have this internalized capitalism but as we are right now in the world it's just not possible so all we can do is talk about it and start these conversations especially with people that you feel like wouldn't understand talk to them about it just just like I, I was talking to my friend about this, about just keep asking why. Like, okay, why am I doing this? And then when you come up with an answer, ask another why and another why and another why and keep going because you can go deeper and deeper. And most likely when you get to the bottom of it, you'll realize that it's just a conditioning, you know? It's totally a capitalist societal conditioning that is telling you that what you're doing you have to be doing it. But why? So here are some actions you can take and questions you can ask yourself to, to start. I guess you could call it reversing the effects of it. But the biggest tool that you could ever have is, is awareness, right? I think for everything, just being aware of it is the first step. And then you can go deeper and deeper. And I wanted to also say that some of these things if you if you haven't already felt something you know like happening inside of your little heart um you know these things that I'm about to list they can really they can be really hard I think because when we're talking about anything that we have internalized from an external you know factor or an external person or, or world or anything when we're absorbing that subconsciously, it's and, and then we're going to realize it later, and when we're trying to dissect it, it's going to bring up some emotions. So I, I would also really like to say that you should do this mindfully and gently, and this is something you need to do with care. Okay, so I think one of the main questions I think that's a really interesting one to ask and this is for everybody, whether, whether I was, when I was talking about all this internalized capitalism, maybe you really didn't relate, maybe you're super good at making sure that you take care of yourself and you spend enough time, you spend enough time with loved ones and everything like that, like maybe, maybe this doesn't pertain to you and that's, if that's the case, then hell yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy for you. But this is still a nice question to think about and I would recommend getting a journal and when I'm asking these questions, um, to write to write about this and be really honest with yourself, and take yeah take some time. So, if if you weren't if you didn't have to work ever again, what would you spend your time doing? Like if right now, you just found out you never needed to work again, 
and you could still have like food, roof, everything. Um, what would you spend your time doing? And then make a list of what is most important to you, whether this is people or things, whatever, like things you want to do. Make this list. And this is, this is also, key, like, this could be a fantasy list. These, these aren't things that you're necessarily doing right now. These are things that are important to you, that you want to be doing. And then after you've made that list, ask yourself, are you doing those things? And if you're not, why? Why not? And what would you need to change in order to do those things? Really take the time here Think about even just small little actions that you can take to do, to do one of those things more often. And this is a big question, but I love this. I love thinking about this, which is, do you feel joyful on a regular basis? And think about, maybe, maybe you might not even know what joyful is to you right now. So think about what what joy is to you first. And then make a list of those moments and think about them. And how can you create more of them? Like, is there, is there a theme? Like, where are you, are you experiencing the most joy when you're, when you're camping or when you're in nature or when you're swimming or when you're exercising or when you're talking to your kids or, you know, like... Try and, try and see if there's, if there's a theme, and maybe there's not, but if there is, um, take note of that, and then ask yourself, how can you create more of these joyful moments? And then, this is really good and important, because this is about creating boundaries for your own self-care. And, and so the goal here is... Even if it's just for five minutes at first, make sure that those five minutes every single day, you, you don't let anything get in your way. So maybe it's just you need to take five minutes and you want to you wanna wash your face with this special soap and I don't, I don't know, whatever it may be that makes you feel like you're taking care of yourself. Maybe it's stretching, you know, maybe it's doing like three sun salutations a day. But you do that thing and you don't let anything get in your way. And you will notice like your brain trying to make excuses for you. And it's that is like take note of those, write those that write that shit down because that's internalized capitalism. Because you're gonna you're gonna hear yourself be like, oh no, there's la- I need to put my load of laundry in first. Or like, oh wait, no, let me just start boiling the water. Or let me blah 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 blah. You'll you'll hear it. It's and I I mean this is to me all the time. It's like putting your own self-care just lower and lower and lower on your priority list because doing something quote-unquote productive is, is, is so much more important than, than taking care of ourselves. This is what this whole thing is teaching us. That like if I just check this one more email, like then, then I'll be able to rest, you know? It's this, this thing. So take those five minutes, hopefully it's longer than five minutes, but if five minutes is all you can manage to do for yourself, then do that and don't let anything get in your way. And this one's a really, a really interesting one. So 
write down the expectations you have for yourself and then tell them to someone out loud. So I would recommend doing this um, expectations that you have of yourself in one day and then expectations that you have of yourself in one week and then like in, I don't know, if, if you have like a 10-year plan or whatever, whatever you want to do. You could even just do the week. But So write that shit down and then read them out loud to somebody because usually we have so many things going on in our, in our heads that if we actually read them out loud to somebody, we will then realize how ridiculous it is to have that many expectations of ourselves, especially in the amount of time that we're giving ourselves. Um, and to go along with that, like, to remember that, that our, as human beings, and, you know, people, everybody is different. Like, I, I have a really hard time motivating myself in the mornings, and other people don't. But I also know that some mornings, I feel super productive, and I feel really energized, and, and that feels super, super good. And then the next day, if I don't feel that same way, I feel, I feel sad. I feel guilty. I feel like, oh, fuck. Like, I, why, why can't I get my energy back? Like, why isn't it like that every day? And so we have to remember that we're human beings. And as human beings, our energy will ebb and flow. And that is normal. We are not machines. What was this thing I was reading? It was like, we're, remember that we're human beings, not human doings. It's kind of silly, but, but it makes a point, right? It's like we're not meant to just be doing, 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 doing. It's, it's not going to work like that. We can't be our most productive selves every single day of our lives. And we shouldn't expect that of ourselves. And when we expect that of ourselves, that is when that guilt and that shame starts setting in because it's so ingrained in us that if we're not doing, doing, doing and producing, 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 then we're failing and we have to work harder, you know, like we can't let ourselves rest, but we have to, we have to listen to our bodies. And that is a big thing about internalized capitalism. And, a, and like one of the largest points I would like to make is this is about, this is about recognizing that our natural, you know, reaction to stress, to guilt, to shame is to cover it up with doing more shit. And so this is about learning to listen to your body and your mind when it needs to rest. It's really hard at first, but you have to become okay with this because if you don't, you are going to miss out on a life full of living, like a life full of joy. And it really is in those little moments, don't you think? It's like, I mean, some of my most joyful moments have to do with sharing like these very simple, simple evenings or days or something with, with a loved one, just like having a sweet conversation that really brings me close to them. Like it's about connection. It's about, and not only connection with other people, but connections with ourselves. And the whole thing about internalized capitalism is it's putting a block on that, on that ability to connect. That's what I really think that it's doing. And so, like, really recognizing when your gut reaction is to, like, just keep going, 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 to just take a pause and be like, why? Why, why can't I rest right now? You know, like, why won't I let myself rest? Let's try it. Just for five minutes, let's try 
And then another thing is like, what are some things that you haven't done and you've used that I have to work excuse or I have to blah, 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 blah excuse. So think about those things and maybe you can notice it in, in your daily life, you know, of like making excuses for yourself. Um, and, you know, um, this is like very, very proven that workaholism and when we when we talk about workaholism, we can talk about it like you know, your actual job or, or in this situation, we can talk about just feeling the need to have to produce something or to be productive. We can, we're going to talk about it in that way. But usually when we, when we do that, we are often working to avoid ourselves, our spouses and or our feelings. And because it's an addiction to a behavior rather than a substance, we just like push it away because it's about productivity. So we're like, oh no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. And in a lot of ways, we kind of, our society puts it up on a pedestal, you know, like, oh, wow, you know, he sacrificed so much to get where he is today. And it's like, well, that's not fucking cool. <laughs> like, what? He was, he was like depressed and anxious and empty and, and like, you know, missed out on, on meeting new people and maybe meeting a partner because he was so busy sacrificing all of that to be, to be rich to be successful. So I guess the question is like, is it worth it? And the last thing I'll say about this is we all have this little voice. And I think in this, I think we can, we can almost call it our, our child voice, like, you know, our inner child. We, I, I am very interested in, in the inner child and the working work, work that has to do with this. But we all have this little voice that's like when when we're super caught up in like the quote unquote reality of like working and deadlines and times and all that shit. When we get to a point where we're exhausted or burnt out, um, there's this little voice that, that, that talks to us and it's like, come on, you're exhausted. You deserve to close your laptop right now and go take a bath. Like, doesn't a bath sound so good? And usually we shut it up. We're like, shut up, shut up, shut up. I, I have to, I have to keep doing this. I have to meet my whatever, you know, and, and we just push it away and push it away. But it's just saying like, go outside, go travel to that place you've never traveled to. Like, go meet new people, go... Go, go take your partner on a picnic and, and don't look at your phone for like five whole hours and like make your mom a birthday card instead of buying one because you didn't have time because you were staying late or you were doing something and you told yourself that that was more important than taking the time to like make something special for your mom. So we all have that voice and I think my... I think if I could say one thing about this, I would tell you to listen to that voice more. We can't listen to it all the time because I know, like, we have, we do have things to do. We have responsibilities. We have rent to pay and food to buy. And if we listen to the, that little inner child voice all the time, like, no, we probably wouldn't get anything done. <laughs> but it's really important to appreciate that voice and really understand trying to take care of us so listen to that voice and remember the difference between working hard and working too hard and how working hard 
is awesome and can lead to growth. But when you're ignoring your mental and physical health, it's actually keeping you stuck in the exact same place. So I'd like to read one quote to finish off this episode. And also, by the way, the weekly challenge is just everything that I just listed. Answering any of those questions, that's the weekly challenge. Just if you could do one of those things, do it. I promise you won't regret it. And probably if you, if you really are struggling with this, with having internalized um, capitalism, you're probably not going to want to do any of those things. You're going to be like, oh, no, what she's saying, like, it's, it's hippy-dippy, like, I got to make a living. And, like, I, I guarantee you that if your, your gut reaction is, like, to push against it and, like, disagree and defend yourself, you should probably do it. That's what I'll say about that. But so I'm going to read this last, this quote. And it's by, I just finished this book called Awareness by Anthony DeMello. I will hi- I highly recommend it. It really sums up what I, what I feel about this, what the, what the real point, why I'm so against internalizing capitalism. So, so he says, what kind of feeling comes upon you when you're in touch with nature or when you're absorbed in work with, that you love or when you're really conversing with someone whose company you enjoy in openness and intimacy without clinging? What kind of feelings do you have? Compare those feelings with the feelings you have when you win an argument, or when you win a race, or when you become popular, or when everybody's applauding you. The latter feelings I call worldly feelings. The former feelings I call soul feelings. Lots of people gain the world and lose their soul. Lots of people live empty, soulless lives because they're feeding themselves on popularity, appreciation, and praise. On, I'm okay, you're okay, look at me, attend to me, support me, value me. On being the boss, on having power, on winning the race. Do you feed yourself on that? If you do, you're dead. You've lost your soul. Feed yourself on other, more nourishing material. Then you will see the transformation. I think for me, this is a really like big turning point in the way that I'm viewing creating and, and producing and just the way that I see the world. And, and, I, and I really hope that you can at least start looking into this and see if you know, like see in, in what ways maybe this, this capitalism has affected your life and what you're doing and, and, um, and see, see how asking those why questions and trying to go deeper and deeper can, can lead you to living a more fulfilled life. Because I really think that it can and that it will. So let me know what you thought about this whole internalized capitalism episode. Feel free to give me feedback. I'm always, I'm always very appreciative of feedback. I love it. And I love just being able to start conversations like these. I think it's really, really important. Yeah, so thank you for listening. Everybody have a beautiful week. And let's get through it.